You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you i have never been so busy and so fulfilled in my entire life it's so funny because I think a lot of people don't really know what the life of a Peloton instructor looks like. It's so much beyond the bike or the tread or the mat. There's so much that we do, um, but it's with so with such gratitude. It's like you paint a picture for what you want your life to look like and you have a dream. I wouldn't have dreamt this. I would never have dreamt this. I wouldn't have. I didn't know that I could have set my expectation so high, if that makes sense. Every day I wake up and I'm just like, First of all, I'm like, oh, my God, I live in New York. When did that happen? How <laughs> <laughs> did I get here? Uh, but <laughs> aside from just like the, that piece of it being in this beautiful city, it's just like, I can't believe that I'm doing what I want to do. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 144. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. I, uh, I'm not currently late, but I will be later in this episode. Oh, okay. I don't even know what that means. Because our Tunday interview is this week. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was racing back from the airport. Yes. So I could do the interview. Mm-hmm. And everything conspired against me. They forced me to check my, my carry-on. That's what Group 9 gets you, man. Yeah. Never hap- again. Well, I don't have a control because the company paid for it. Well, and they next don't... time pay for it and have them re- reimburse you. Yeah, they still wouldn't because it's a more expensive ticket that way. Government, man. Government. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, everything was working against me. And then I was like the the last piece of luggage off the plane. It was bad. Awful. It was, yes. Un- and you have to deal with me doing the introductions instead yeah. of Tom. So So, sorry about that. You have that to look forward to. That'll be interesting to see. Yikes. So uh, what else do they have to look forward to? (laughs) It's a busy week. (laughs) We are going to talk flywheel. It's really all I care about right now. I'm (laughs) a little obsessed with this whole story. There's been some other stuff going on with Peloton because when is there not stuff going on with Peloton? All good things. Nothing bad. There's some updates. 
that we received. Um, there was a uh, an event we'll talk about. So we're going to talk about some things that happened with Peloton. I know none of that really made sense, but just understand <laughs> that there will be financial things. There's going to be some tidbits that we've alluded to that we have confirmation of. And uh, there's also some new commercials. There's new articles to discuss. There's another competitor in the game. Then, of course, there's all kinds of things about the instructors and new content to discuss. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also uh, leave us a review. We have a new review. Ooh. This is from AJS1974. Okay. And they say a weekly can't miss for Peloton riders. If you're looking for a way to find out about all things Peloton, this is it. Aww. Great recap of recent Peloton developments. Nice discussion about Peloton in the news. And their favorite, insider news of things that Peloton is planning to roll out. If the podcast ended there, it would be a good 30 minutes and just deserve a five-star rating. But they also include interviews of Peloton writers, and I do enjoy the interviews of the instructors and staff as well. It's really impressive that Tom and Chris will take so much time out of their busy schedules to prepare a thoughtful and professional podcast each week. Bottom line, if you're a Peloton writer or wannabe writer, you must subscribe wow so thank you very much what a fantastic review thank you yes. so what else do i plug here oh our website you can yes. go to the clipout.com sign up for the newsletter so you get all the show notes and stuff to, to and live. the new one is almost ready the new website is so close to ready just a few more weeks and i think we'll be able to roll that thing out it's very spiffy yes and uh i don't know there's a donate button there if you yeah. want to throw a little money at the stuff that goes on that's that's nice too <laughs> and yeah. Oh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the clip out. Like the page, join the group. There. There's all that. Let's dig in, shall we? Yes. It's time for news of the Paladin. So we've been watching the slow demise of Flywheel. Yeah. Over the last six months to a year. Yep. And it got a lot faster this week. Yeah, it sped up. <laughs> Somebody hit the fast forward button. I mean, it's related that, to the settlement, I, I obviously. Think that, think that someone was peloton's attorneys <laughs> <laughs> hmm that general counsel <laughs> they do well <laughs> good job guys yeah so if you haven't been following along for those of you who who don't listen intently to every single episode we will quickly catch you up here's the deal peloton sued flywheel what a year and a half ago something like that and uh, they said hey you stole all of our technology pay up and then Flywheel was like, no, we didn't. And then long, long time period passed. Suddenly out of the blue, they were like, yeah, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> they just admitted fault. They were like, we're done. We're going to remove all the tech within 60 days. And that was last week, maybe two weeks ago. And now this week, there is all of a sudden a major announcement that came out of Flywheel at Home. And to be clear, this is Flywheel at Home, not the Flywheel Studios for any right. of you. Who are like, wait, what happened? Okay, so this is only for Flywheel at Home. And they sent out this letter and they were like, difficult decision, effective, March 27th. We are discontinuing service of our home bike. Flywheel will continue to focus our original mission of providing the best in-studio cycling experience. This decision will not impact our studio operations. Yada, yada, yada. Then it says... We have partnered with Peloton to provide an exclusive offer for you to enjoy their world-class at-home product. You will receive an email directly from Peloton shortly with more information on this offer. So, 
The last day you may be billed for Flywheel at Home is today, Wednesday, February 19th. No action is required to turn off automated payments as Flywheel will. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that was pretty much like, whoa, 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 what does this mean? And then all their catalog content goes away on March 27th. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. But if you have a Flywheel at Home bike, you're in luck. Because this deal they brokered with Peloton, and that's in quotes, because obviously this was all part of the settlement. One would think. I mean, okay, here, here's how I know. Here's how I know. It says the world-class Peloton at home product that is straight out of peloton's mouth yeah <laughs> that is their wording that is the stuff they use which i love i'm not yeah. knocking them but that well, was definitely peloton boy i i you know how much that had to had to <laughs> had, had to, to sting for the pr person at Oof. flywheel to type yeah Arr, you know yeah. they would probably like type a couple letters and then they'd have to go and just kind of walk around the office building a couple times get a drink of water <laughs> Splash a little cold water on their face, come back. I feel like there was much letters. haggling over this this announcement. I feel like this went back and forth between them and Peloton about a thousand times. I have no doubt. So then Peloton sends out a letter and they send it to all of the flywheel users and it says, We invite you to trade in your flywheel home bike. So you give your flywheel home bike to Peloton and they will in turn give you a refurbished to function like new Peloton bike for free. <laughs> I mean, you are in luck if you are a flywheel user. Yeah, that's uh, a good deal. That's stunning. Covered for a year. You do have to pay the same $40 fees the rest of us do. Oh, sure. But you but, get a free freaking bike. But you were presumably paying a comparable fee to flywheel at home, right? Right, right. So that should be a wash. Yes. So you get a Peloton bike and then you get way better content. And w- and that's subjective. I mean, it's true, but it's subjective. And uh, <laughs> but uh, but you also get I'm sure you get you have to get way more content. Well, yeah, because they were offering bike content. Now everybody has access to yoga and oh, weightlifting I was just going and bike, running. I was just going bike to bike in my head. So but yeah, you're right. Well, but yes. And even if you were just going bike to bike, you're still right. right. Because there's a, I mean, there were just way more classes. Yeah. And I mean, this is a stunning turn of events for a lot of reasons. One, uh, as somebody pointed out to me today, which I think was completely accurate. Wow. Peloton scored their entire marketing list. Yeah, I was. It, I mean, it's essentially like a hostile merger. It is like to where it's because I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be very many flywood people that are going to say no to this deal. I mean, you already spent money on a bike. You might as well swap it out and see if you like it. Well, the interesting thing is that some people in the flywheel community think that the flywheel bike is better. And whether you do or you don't, some of those same people are also, they feel like pissed off at right. Peloton. Like Peloton's not doing enough. <laughs> like you, whatever. What more would they want? I don't know. You're, you're swapping out for a bike. Like I, I, what, you I mean, got me like to me you are an entitled brat if you don't <laughs> think this is a good deal because flywheel is no more right. at home anyway and so if you want to be able to exercise in the comfort of your own home peloton is a fantastic and um the first right. best option and you know normally the concern about these connected fitness products in general has always been, well, what happens if they go if they tit, go out, if they go tits up? Right. Right. And and so here's a situation where it did and you basically get grandfathered and you get to trade in your RC Cola for a 
nice refreshing glass of Coca-Cola. Well, some people don't want to believe that Peloton is the Coke. And I get that in so much that if you selected a flywheel at home, you almost purposefully didn't select a Peloton. Yeah. You had to go out of your way. You know, so like, so for whatever reason, you have a relationship with the flywheel gym and you prefer or flywheel studio and you prefer that, or you're just a contrarian that likes to be different and, you know, you're going to wear your Keds when everybody else is wearing Skechers. I mean, those people are out there and that's fine. But like, so I do understand why you might have some resistance because like I said, Peloton was already the market leader when flywheel launched. That's part of the problem. Right. And. So if someone bought one, they they were deliberately shunning Peloton. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when these people show up in our community, (laughs) because I suspect they're going to be dicks. And just to be clear, (laughs) just to be clear, I don't mean every single person who has a flywheel. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the people who are mad about this development and they're mad at Peloton in particular. First of all, that anger should be directed at flywheel. They're the ones that screwed up, not Peloton. They they stole things. And they admitted it. Yeah. So like like that's how that works. There's a consequence for that. I mean... Not always, but hey, I'm really excited there is for this one. Right. Um, but the people who are really angry, like, I wonder how that's going to work with them integrating. Totally. In, because, like, we're so, like, pro Peloton over on our pages. Well, my guess is, though, that if they're mad at Peloton, they probably won't interact at all. Right. Okay, like, well, good. They can stay off the they'll pages. Just, they'll get on their new mm-hmm. bike and they'll do their stuff and they'll either they'll either come around and realize, oh, this is as good or better because it's better of a product and be like okay no harm no foul or they'll just kind of like peter out but i I just can't imagine you're going to have very many of them by the time they do all their transfers decide that that are like i'm going to go find a facebook page and yell at people who do love this bike i don't know it'll be interesting and for those of you who say oh peloton has been collecting all these bikes this is what they've been saving them up over no Peloton has had a refurbishing program since day one. They have always offered refurbished bikes to their employees. I don't know what the discounted price is, but but it's been a thing. So they yeah. didn't they did not start doing that for this. Like they were not counting on that happening. Just now, to be clear. Now I am hearing rumors uh, from my my own Peloton Profit B. Oh, Profit B. Right, hmm. and they're hmm. saying that. Peloton's going to launch a new comeback program for people that don't quite succeed at their comeback, and they're going to get one of these old flywheel bikes. <laughs> <laughs> a runner-up comeback. Right, yeah. Like, like, like people, oh, sorry. I'm, just... I'm picturing people who really didn't have that bad of a time, right. but like they still submitted one, yeah. and then they were like, oh, well, you, you haven't really struggled, so here. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to learn to play the guitar this year, and then like instead you learn to play the ukulele. Yeah, yeah. You get a flywheel bike. <laughs> right? Congrats. That's... But it is interesting. What are they going to do with all the flywheel bikes? Are they just going to like put them out back of the new Peloton headquarters and burn them, and everybody's going to like... You know, dance around it and chant, cheer. (laughs) Too hardcore? No. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably going to, you're probably going to see like uh, kids in underdeveloped countries riding flywheel bikes while wearing uh, Peloton gear, Super Bowl, (laughs) San Francisco 49er Super Bowl merchandise. I'm really curious though. What are they going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I I can't wait to find that out. So I'm sure they will find some sort of. I have no way doubt. to recycle as best they can. But yeah. Uh, well, they'll probably take the tech off that was never theirs to begin with and 
use it. <laughs> but yeah, it's fascinating. I don't know that I've ever seen a situation like this. I don't know, but it reminds me of like some asshole on the highway like passes you and then like they brake check you because you flipped them off and like or they're just a dick in general. Like you, they tried to get over last second and they never should have been getting over. Or they didn't use their signal. You know, one of those asshole right. moves where you're always just like, where are the cops? And and the cops appear out of nowhere and pull them over. That's what I feel like just happened. And I'm like, watch out, Echelon. <laughs> you are next. You are next. And I can't freaking wait because that they deserve it. Like Flywheel, hey, they've been around for a long time. They never should have done this. They suck, whatever. But like Echelon, no, no, no. I got a special place of hate for Echelon. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah, everybody has. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you got to see me when I get going at work. <laughs> People are like, this isn't getting going? No. <laughs> I can vouch for that. It's not. <laughs> that was me holding back because we have an Echelon thing to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> She's trying. She's going to pace herself. Yeah. Got to work into she it. She learned that from Maddie. <laughs> So there was a Goldman Sachs technology conference. Yes. Last Tuesday. That is correct. And John Mills listened in. He did. And uh, I wanted to repeat this because I tried to listen to it and it was a little boring. And yeah. I, I mean, I love Peloton and I love Jill Woodworth, but this whole thing had a had a, like, a, a really dry. somber. Yeah. Like it was just it was dry. But thank goodness that John did because uh, he had some really great things that he pulled out of it. Four things that he learned that he felt were important. Here we go. First one. We knew Peloton was coming out with a lower cost treadmill later this year, but Miss Woodworth confirmed it will be the same or similar cost of the bike and it will not use slats. It will have a belt. Interesting. Yes. So that's where the savings are, I guess. That's where the savings are, but it's where the innovation isn't. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we already have treadmills with slats. I mean, I assume it's still going to have the knobs and right. the, the monitor. Well, sure. For those of you who couldn't <laughs> see me gesticulating, gesticulating, but I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. Like, will they, I mean, because cause you can already get a tread. But the other belt treads don't have Peloton baked in. No, so, they don't. So you can't you get know, your metrics. You can't get all that. That's absolutely true. And there probably are a lot of people that like four grand is a pretty high It is. Bar. I mean, four grand is a lot of money. I'm yeah. not, I don't mean like it's, it's not a lot of money because it absolutely yeah. is a lot of money. But man, those slats, guys, those slats are. I don't know if they're two grand worth. I don't know, but I love them. I bet you a lot of people, especially if they haven't bought a treadmill in the past, don't fully understand the difference and why that's important. And so all they see is $4,000. So here's an entry point. And if they get it and they use it a lot, maybe in two, three years, they upgrade. That's a good point. Okay. Well, that was number one. And then uh you can trade in that for the fly belt at home. <laughs> product somehow i don't think they're doing that again <laughs> you think they've learned their lesson I think, okay i hope uh <laughs> next we have peloton is not only looking to open the hudson yard studio next month they're expecting to open the covenant garden studio in london later this year or early next year so i think we already knew that but that's a verification right like definitely that's more of a time frame for the london we haven't they haven't really penned that down it's been like it's coming soon so right. that's the first time we've heard later this year early next year then we have we knew the hudson yard studio would have four studios under one roof but miss woodworth also confirmed the covenant garden studio will have three studios under one roof so miss woodworth indicated that now having seven studios under two roofs they expect to be able to increase this is the drum roll moment from 950 classes per month to over 1400. Wow, that's a that is stunning. I'm curious. 
since Flywheel's top of mind at the moment, how many classes they had total. Yeah, like, probably neither of those like, things. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm honestly thinking, like, I bet you they're going to produce more classes in a month than Flywheel at home had in its entirety. But that's just guessing. But. It is just guessing. But those are great things to know. So thank you, John Mills, for listening to that and reporting out on the uh, on your awesome Run, Lift, Live group. Because if you hadn't, I would not have seen it. And I love passing this stuff along for everybody. People were having some uh, some trouble with their metrics this week. Yeah, this is a weird one. I'm seeing this all over the place. But the, the interesting thing is it has not been officially called a bug by Peloton. But people are riding along and, right. this, and running. This has been riding and running. Okay. And all of a sudden, their numbers reset to zero. Now, typically, when that happens to a person, the cable has come loose on the back of their monitor. Everything resets to zero, and they just go and jiggle the monitor cable, and it, it works again. Okay. But this is happening across the board, and then it comes back, and everything's fine. It's not about the cable. So I don't know what's up with that. Interesting. Uh, and, but I haven't seen anything come out from Peloton Official. If I missed it, I apologize, but I have not seen it. It is definitely a glitch that is happening to a lot of people, though. So you're not crazy if that happened to Interesting. you. Interesting. Well, if it is officially classified a bug, since the numbers are resetting to zero, I think Peloton should call this the Tom bug. <laughs> zero rides? Right. Because it's <laughs> going... It's, you get to ride like Tom did. Right. It's, <laughs> Except they're actually putting the work in, Tom, so okay. that's not comforting. <laughs> <laughs> but the numbers are the same. The numbers are the same. Tom virus? Something like that. <laughs> I like that. Okay. There is a new Peloton commercial out. Yes. Okay. Have you seen this I, one? I don't think so. Oh, my God. They nailed it. I love it so much. Okay. So it's this guy riding. Right. And, and his uh, wife buys him a Peloton. No. Oh. So he's riding... And like he's riding with different instructors and there. I think it was actually just Robin, but it was like all of Robin isms, you know, like you didn't wake up today to be uh, mediocre. That's one of hers. Right. And so um, jokes on her. I did. <laughs> so so he's like doing this. He's riding and he's like, yeah, he's getting all into it every time Robin says something. And his daughter's watching. And so they kind of do these little quick snippets. So it's like one ride and the daughter's in the background. She's like rolling her eyes and then he does it again. And then and she asks the question. He answers it. So it's like four rides in. And he's like, then getting ready for work. And he's like, oh, another meeting. And she, so the daughter walks in. She goes, dad, you did not wake up today to be mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Freaking loved it. He's like, I'll remember this when you're doing your homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just fades to black. It was yeah. just perfect. It was just perfect. Like, it was like, you know, the kids are watching because the kids yeah, do watch. Well, totally. I mean, our kids don't because they could care less. No. But a lot of kids do. Right. And they're learning something from that. They're like, hey, my mom and dad are exercising. They're taking care of them. They're, you know, something to look up to. Again, not in our house, but it does happen in other people's houses. Yes. And it's cool. It's Kids very won't cool. listen, but they will mimic. They do. They do. <laughs> Again, not in our house. No. <laughs> Except for my cousin. Uh, maybe they're just maybe they're just mimicking you. Yeah. Maybe you're just better at oh, it. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Hmm. Who knew? I'm I'm a role model. Mm. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I work way harder at it. You do. So moving right along. <laughs> There was uh, an interesting article in Canada. Yeah. About yeah. Echelon. Yes. We're getting to Echelon. Yes. Yeah. So get this, guys. Okay. So everybody, everybody knows. Everybody put on your protective eyewear. <laughs> She's going to start talking about Echelon. <laughs> but here's the thing. There was this guy and he was riding and his pedal broke off. Like it completely sheared off. And when it sheared off, it left a very jagged edge on the end of it, causing a deep gash in his leg which he posted in this article no and thanks it's graphic 
And it required 10 stitches. It was not small. That's a... It was not small at all. This dude tries and tries and tries to get hold of Echelon. Not one flipping response. Not one. For weeks. And I heard just yesterday that apparently they have said that they're working on it now. Like that was their official response yesterday. But it took weeks for them to do that. And only because it showed up on a news article and got crazy. Right. So, yeah. And I have heard this before from people who have bought from Echelon guys that whenever you call up their customer support, nothing. Like they don't respond. So for any of you who are ever like, oh my God, Peloton's customer support didn't solve my problem the first time I called, they still rock (laughs) compared to most companies out there. And Echelon, they suck so bad. (laughs) And they have to they have to suck because what are they going to tell these people? What are they going to tell them? This is what you should do to fix it. They don't yeah. have anything to fix it. Their products are crappy. <laughs> they don't have anybody working on it. They will send you a refurbished flywheel at home bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it doesn't look just like Peloton's. <laughs> it's a They'll different a, color. They're going to put a sticker on it or something. They'll spray paint it. So, so uh, while we're talking about this article, I noticed something very interesting about this article that okay. I would like to share with you. All right. So it's interesting in a clickbaity way in that the URL of this article says Echelon Workout Bike Peloton Injury Cut. The yes. article never mentions Peloton. Right. But the URL does for their SEO purposes. I would also like to point out that the people at the CBC should probably have a talking to with their SEO guy because in his attempt to clickbait off the Peloton brand, he <laughs> misspelled Peloton. Yeah, he did the classic P-E-L-E. Come on, dude. <laughs> Especially if you're looking for clickbait. Like, right, like if this, if this is for SEO. Like you double check the right, spelling. Spell the thing you want to hijack properly. <laughs> It's like, only polite. It's 101, guys. And effective. <laughs> so uh, People, I guess it's still a magazine. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, people Magazine had an article about Peloton this week. It did. And it kind of talked about the fact that like Peloton got in a bunch of trouble for having that uh, video that shall not be spoken oh, about commercial. Gotcha. And then it started talking about like what exactly Peloton is. And then they finally get to the good stuff, which is members talking about why it's more than worth the cost. And you have Amy Wyland, who is one of the Peloton users, 56-year-old vice president at a software company in Florida, saying it's the best investment she ever made. She said that there's no better investment than being able to have something that can take care of your health. And Wyland has multiple sclerosis, so she knows the importance of health. And it talks about her stay. It talks about what Peloton has done for her and all the different groups. And then there are other people that are highlighted as well. And so if you have not gotten a chance to read it, you absolutely should. It will be featured, of course, in our weekly newsletter. So you'll be able to see it there. And you can sign up for that newsletter at theclipout.com. Barry's Boot Camp has added rides. I don't know what that means. That means they now have rides. They're not just boot camp. Oh, I see. Another competitor. Here we go. You knock one away, another one pops up. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just going to keep seeing this. Yeah. Everybody. Now the big thing is everybody's adding as much content as possible. So like whatever Peloton does, they just copy. Right. So So, they're all playing catch up. They are. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people that really like Barry's Bootcamp. So I could see them getting some traction with this. I don't know much about it other than that. It doesn't really interest me because I think it's kind of. I don't know, because Peloton has their own boot camps. Sure. They just never interest me. And we live in St. Louis, so there's just never been any... any there, there's nothing around here like that, so... Well, at this point, they're probably worried about their customers 
looking over at all the Peloton. Absolutely. Content. Well, Rebecca Kennedy is from Barry's boot camp. Gotcha. Like, like they, yeah, they got her from that, <laughs> and she's a master instructor, so they should be worried. Yeah, they absolutely should be. And USA Today has an article about Peloton. It's interesting that like when we first started doing this, the articles were like <laughs> fitness underscore yeah. for you dot biz, <laughs> and now it's like USA Today people. Well, and I will say this article is about. Robin Arzan, right? Uh, who we've talked about before. She she has a uh, what do you call it? One of those companies that help her get gigs. Oh, like a PR company Thank kind you. of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And also keep in mind that she's already working for Roar, and the picture that's featured in here is for Roar. And so I think that kind of because of those things, Robin gets kind of featured in higher level things than sure. other instructors who maybe don't have that level of PR company right uh, behind them. But this article, if you have not read or you don't know Robin Arzon's backstory, you absolutely need to read this because she started off as an attorney and then she had a major, major scare in her life that totally changed everything. And she was like, life is too short. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And running got her through the trauma that she experienced and she it, it completely transformed her life and the way that she thinks about it and made her who she is today. So you guys, if you have not read it, you need to. Again, that will be available in our newsletter that comes out every week, mostly. <laughs> Almost every week. <laughs> You've been on a good streak. I have. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally, there's a new meditation program starting. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. It is a 14-day program called The Power of Sleep. And uh, it talks about it's going to give people a chance to try out all the different methods of meditation that help you sleep. And in theory, it's going to help you fall asleep easier and rest deeper. And it's going to help with shifting the patterns of your sleep so that it will improve not only your sleep, but your overall wellness. So you're going to learn the to use your breath to release tension. You're going to use the scan your body from head to toe relaxation approach and visualization to shift your focus and clear your mind. So this is on the Peloton app. But when I say the Peloton app, I mean, it's only available on iOS. So for Android users, you have to go to the classes and filter under relax and sleep. So the people who have iOS, everything is neatly in a program. You click on programs and it goes in order. For the rest of us, we have to go to relax and sleep. And then it's just there. <laughs> gotcha. And you got to figure out which one you should do first because none of it's all posted on the same day. So it sucks. So Peloton, come on with the Android. Seriously. Seriously. It's been a while now. Over a year. <laughs> Not that I'm counting, but really. But the program itself looks amazing, and I'm super stoked to try it because I have time periods where I cannot sleep, and I get real crabby, like way crabbier than usual. So I need to sleep. I never noticed. I'm sure you didn't, Tom. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. <laughs> Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste, texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. (laughs) It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread. Like I did not feel like I was giving up something. I was surprised at how big each slice of bread was. Here's the real test of a piece of bread. (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich with these. I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, Tom is on his way from the airport, so I'm going to do the intro. Uh, joining us on skype phone is the very lovely Tunde Oh, you name. Hi. Hi. You nailed it. You nailed that first name and that intro. (laughs) Shoo. (laughs) I'm really excited because all of our listeners, they they've kind of crowdsourced all these questions for us. So as we go through, I'm going to let you know who asked the question as well as the question itself. Oh, awesome. I love that. Okay, I'm ready. All right. First question we have is, can you tell us about your weight loss journey and your mind shift? And that was submitted by Rosalind Amson. Great question, Rosalind. Um, huh, what, that's a thick one to start with. It's such a long story. I mean, I'll say that I hit like, I think everyone when they're going through the process of, of losing weight, it's almost called like a, the bottom of the shelf. So I say that to say like, if you want, if you're losing weight to lose weight for somebody else, it's a different process than when you're losing weight because you want to lose the weight for yourself. It's almost like you've almost hit this bottom shelf where you're like, okay, I can't continue living in this way because whether it's your health, the confidence, the way you feel about yourself, the way that you look, whatever it is, like you hit this, this shelf. And so for me, when I hit the bottom of my shelf, I'll never forget. I was actually, I was in my aunt's wedding. I was a bridesmaid. Don't ask why I was a bridesmaid in my aunt's wedding. Like in retrospect, I have actually no idea why she asked me to be her bridesmaid, but (laughs) I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. And I was actually the youngest person in the wedding. I think I was I cannot even remember. I know I was like in high school. I think it was like the first years of high school or middle school. I went to the bridal shop and the bridal shop did not carry the bridesmaid dress in my size. And at the time, I believe I was like a size 16, 18, which for the record, the dress, they should have had the dress in a 16, 18. It's actually ridiculous that they did it. But 
the maker just didn't make a, a dress at that size. And so my aunt says that she will purchase a different dress for me that's in the same color. It was a blue dress we were wearing. Uh, the dress that they did make in my size was actually a much more beautiful gown. It was much more expensive gowns. She said that she would buy it. I said, no, my mom's like kicking me. Like she's saying she's going to buy this pretty dress, <laughs> take the dress. And my concern was everybody is going to know that I'm a different dress because they're going to know that I'm the big one that couldn't fit in the other dress. And Aww. so it was just like, and my mother had never, my family, like my brothers made fun of me and teased me like big brothers do. But my mother and father always made me feel like I was the most beautiful girl on the planet. And so my mother had never acknowledged that I had weight to lose. And so I was in the dressing room trying on this dress that was the, you know, the prettier dress, the more expensive dress. And I'm trying it on and I just like fall into my mother's lap in the dressing room and I just start crying. And I said, I'm tired of this. And she said, you know, if this is how you feel, then you're going to have to make a change. And that moment was for me, her acknowledging that she saw the weight too. She saw it. So the fact that she saw it wasn't just these people that were, you know, not that she saw it and was by any imagination mean to me at all, but she finally acknowledged that I had weight to lose. And so for me, that was just like a moment where it was like, oh my God, wow. Okay. 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 I need to do something. And so, you know, I joined a local gym. <laughs> I walked every day to the gym. I had no car, wasn't old enough to drive. Um, so I walked every day, like two miles to the gym. I'd work out Whoa. 30 minutes to an hour or so. And then I'd walk home. I'll never forget. Um, it was a popular, uh, big box chain and they had like these group exercise classes. And I didn't know what, how, you know, you became part of the group exercise classes for all I knew you had to pay an additional fee to do the classes. That's what I told myself at least. And here I am like pretty much no money fighting to find a way to, to pay the $50 membership that I was paying a month. And so I had told myself, Oh, I can't do those classes because I won't be able to afford it. So one day after going to the gym for maybe three months or so, I mustered up the strength and the courage to walk over to one of the folks that worked at the counter at the gym and ask them or inquire about the classes. Like, how much do I pay? How do I get to be a part of that? And then they told me it was free. And when I found out it was free, it was almost like admitting to myself that it wasn't about the money. It was more so about me being nervous to go inside um, those classes and exercise in front of other people because I felt like it would be number one, acknowledging that I had weight to lose. And then number two, I just felt like I would just look ridiculous not knowing what was going on. So um, it was just all like slow and steady build. I used equipment that I felt very safe with. And then I would, you know, find out about another piece of equipment and then feel very safe with that. And then finally, I'd say like a year, it took a year for me to to walk into one of the group classes. And I'm just super happy that I did. It's where I found that I had such a passion and a love for working out in a facilitated way, like being instructed. And then so, you know, years had passed. By this time, I'd probably lost... In total, I lost about 70 pounds. I probably lost around, I'd say 40 pounds when like the mindset shift came in. And I say that because the what it took to lose the 40 pounds, it took obviously hard work and discipline. But when I would fall in and out, when my weight would fluctuate, I would find myself in a more negative place than I was when I started. Like when I was heavier the world thought that I was big. I was living my life and enjoying myself, right? I had shame based on how people made me feel about my weight, but I was okay. As I started to lose weight and become quote unquote more accepted by people, 
when I started to put weight on, it was almost like I felt like I was coming in and out of the club, in and out of the cool club, if that makes sense. Makes total Um, sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would then also my my confidence would shift. I would feel good about myself. Then I wouldn't feel good about myself. Then the way I felt about myself was contingent on what the scale said or didn't say. And then one day I just there was a shift for me. It just became less about a number. I mean, to be very transparent with you, I can't remember the last time I weighed myself. That alone was a process for me because it was something that I was so dependent on for so long, because every time I stepped on the scale and it said what I wanted to say, it was approval. Or the complete opposite. Right. So for me, pushing that away and just focusing more on a feeling like, okay, I'm going to work out because when I work out, I feel stronger. And when I feel stronger, I feel more confident. And when I feel more confident, that drives me and motivates me to get up and to want to do this again. So for me, it became first, let me rewind and say, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. There's nothing wrong with it. But in the beginning for me, it was only about losing weight, which worked. It got the weight off. What's allowed me to then go the extra mile and lose the additional weight and also maintain it, which I think is the most challenging part is maintaining it. You can lose the weight, but finding a way to maintain it is when the real work starts. For me, the ability to maintain it is just to focus on the feeling, focus on what I'm gaining out of the process rather than what I'm losing. A lot of times in my classes, I talk about this weight loss process for me has been so much more about all the things that I've gained Versus just like looking at the things I've lost. When you lose weight, you lose weight and then you hit a number or you hit the way that you want to look or the way you want your clothes to look. And then what? The process is over. Versus when you look at what you gain, you can continue to gain confidence. You can continue to gain strength. You can continue to gain friendships by seeing people on the leaderboard, going with people on hikes, maintaining relationships within, you know, your your romantic relationships. There's, There's so much more that you have to gain in the process versus just focusing on the one thing that it is to lose or that what you want to lose. Wow. I have a follow-up question to that. I have always been a person that has struggled with weight loss myself. And I find that the closer I get to my goal, the more I tend to not push as hard. Like I want to look strong. I want to look a certain way, but I also want to eat all the food. And so it's hard to like keep my mind on it the closer I get to my goal. Did you ever struggle with that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You start feeling real good and then you want to celebrate. You're like, I feel great. Let's have a margarita. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tom's here, by the way. Hi, I'm here. Hi. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel great. And I'm like, let's go for Tex-Mex. Like, it's it's a real thing. I, I was watching a show once and the talk show host said something really great. She was like, why is it that when great life things happen, we want to celebrate with food? Like, something great happened. Go for it. Hike. Something great happened. Girl, pull up that digital app and log into a strength class with your your friends and celebrate. Now, I say that, but then there's, you know, life life is moderation, too. You can't always to live a completely clean life is like for me personally, it's like, okay, I'm living a clean life. But then like, what is that? Um, Right. Like being able to enjoy and to just, you know, to have a good time from time to time. But yes, I think what you're saying. Yes, 100 percent true. I usually try to plan that out, though. So. Again, like the closer I get to like, if I have something specific coming up, maybe it's a photo shoot or something where I'm being a little bit more disciplined than normal, I might hit that whatever my target was for the shoot. And then the next day I'm like, great, let's have pizza and let's celebrate or let's have burgers. Burgers, my favorite food, by the way. Um, (laughs) My favorite food. Um, Let's have a burger and some beers and celebrate. But then for me, it's like, okay, we did that. And then we nip it in the butt and then we get back on it tomorrow. So yeah, I like, for example, a cheat day, I try to say, okay, it's a cheat meal. I will have as many things as I can shove into my mouth within this meal. And then we get it back together after that. And then, you know, it, it goes and it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and comes. But 
going back to that, you know, not holding on to a number. So if I'm saying, okay, I feel really great about myself and I'm going to cheat. If you cheat and you fluctuate and your goal is not necessarily to be surrounded with this number, your goal is to feel good. It should be easier than to get back on target because you know what you need to do to feel good. It's hard to say, okay, these, this is how many pounds I want to lose within X amount of days. But if you say, I want to feel good, you know exactly what it takes to feel good. Maybe drink less, maybe monitor this, maybe monitor that. You'll get to feeling good a lot faster than you will a number. So if you can focus on feeling good, the number, that other stuff, it just comes. It's part of the process. It can't not come. I love that. That's I, smart. I like excess and moderation. Yes. Excess yes. and moderation. Yes. That's fabulous. Okay. Well, thank you. And then the next question was from everyone. How do we get your arms? <laughs> my 10-minute arms toning up on demand. Check it out. My intervals and arms. Right. You know, the funny thing about that is, Crystal, is that so I started with Peloton a few months before I actually launched. And since I started with Peloton, I, I was just joking with a girlfriend the other day. I don't remember the last time I picked up a three pound, more, anything heavier than a three pound weight. I do so much weekly within all of my classes, whether it's an intervals and arms ride or a hip hop ride or a 10 minute arm stoning. I'm constantly doing something within my rides <laughs> that I don't like to go and to lift anything else later. I just, I don't really focus on my arms too much outside of my, what I put up on demand. So it's, it's really, and truly it is all there. It's there. Okay. It's okay. I, mean, well, I, that's... Do, I, I do. Aside from that, I'd say I do do some, I focus on body weight. So things like planks, things like push-ups and uh, downward dog for shoulders, specifically triceps. Aside from that, it's just like, otherwise I just wouldn't be able to lift the weight in my class. It's so funny. A lot of the members are like, how do you not put the weight down during class? I specifically <laughs> strategically program my arm sections to hit fatigue. You shouldn't be able to finish it. You shouldn't be able to not either a drop your hands or your weight. The reason I'm not dropping my weight is because I'm on camera and people are watching me and there's adrenaline. <laughs> you better believe like I'll do my arm toning sections, the, the 10 minute arm toning. I'll do it just to see how it felt as a member. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this girl is crazy. <laughs> well, mission accomplished. <laughs> I mean, I'm on adrenaline just from the cameras being on and the energy in the room. Aside from that, you better believe I'd be dropping those weights, too. So if you're dropping them and you're listening you are doing the right thing. You are really winning. What did it? What is it? Uh, the movie White Man Can't Jump. I think she says, and when she's on Jeopardy, she's like, "Winning is really losing, and losing is really winning." I don't remember the quote, but yes, it's that. <laughs> okay. Hi. So uh, this one is from Emily Crane Becker, and she asks if you do your own makeup before live rides. Okay, this is such a funny question, Emily. You said yes. Yes. Thank you, Emily. It's a funny question because I think a lot of people have the perception that we have a hair and makeup team that gets us ready before yeah. class. <laughs> we don't. We all do our own hair and makeup. I think we do a lot of posting as we're getting ready. And those are actually our like mic techs and, and room techs. These are people that are managing like all making sure that everything is fluid in terms of the way that the, the efficiency of the way that the class is running. So a lot of times when you see people in a post in our stories or what whatnot when we're getting ready. That's what they're actually doing. Um, but oh. no, even if we did, I'm a hair, I've done makeup for 15 years. If we did have a makeup artist, I would just tell her to enjoy a very long lunch break. Um, <laughs> my turn. Because uh, I'm so hands-on with that piece of it. But no, we all do our own hair, makeup, wardrobe, all of it. So I have a follow-up question, which is probably weird coming from a guy. <laughs> 
but uh she's it. like oh she's like oh dear no, this Cody, is about ask me every question that you can probably already ask so go. <laughs> she's Cody like i'm calling me it. beauty tips you would like today he was watching me put my lipstick on and i put i do not even want to get into how many things i put on my lip to get it the color that i want it to look uh <laughs> and he was just fascinated he was like i just so anyways, go for it. You're not going to focus. <laughs> I'm like, at some point, I'm like, I, she doesn't even need us. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you do have to do anything special with your makeup because you're presumably going to be sweating and stuff? Yeah, I do like to use products that like, for example, foundation. I like to use things that are longer wearing or perhaps things that are waterproof. I'll stay away from using powders because it tends to kind of cake up more. Um, I'll use creamier products. I know, um, for example, some of the girls, they'll go a little bit darker in their foundation just so that they don't look too blown out by the camera. It's more so, I would say, less about the fact that it's going to sweat off because it's going to sweat off. Yeah. Um, more so about choosing the right colors that look good under that bright of light for the amount of time that's going to stay on. We have a running joke. Like, I start class with brows and blush and... By the time the class is over, the only thing that's on my lips still is my lip gloss and my lipstick. So <laughs> that's see, that's that's dangerous though, because that's how people can tell if you're phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I it's so funny that you say that. I just shot a five minute cool down and five minute warm up ride today, and so Cody looks at me. He's like, "Tunde, it was a cool down." I'm like, "I know," but I'm just like drenched in sweat. So it's like, I don't know if I sweat easy or, you know, what, what, what that part is, but I, I typically tend to really beef up that resistance because I want to be able to, <laughs> I like to feel what people are feeling and then a little bit more just so that I don't go too crazy with some of the stuff that I program. So. <laughs> so Alex Nelson wanted to know what type of workouts do you like to do on your own? Okay, this is not a shameless plug for Peloton. It really is not. But I, like I said earlier, I love instruction when I'm working out. Obviously, I'm a fitness instructor, but I also love to be instructed. There's something about having to stay present. If I go to the gym on my own will, a lot of times I like, oh, I'll do this for a little bit. And then I get bored with that. And then I do this for a little bit. And then I, you know, I just kind of just start floating around the gym. And there you go. 45 minutes to an hour past. Great. Going home. Did I showed up today. <laughs> so with that being said, not a shameless plug for Peloton, but I actually really do log into the Peloton digital app and take classes with my buddies and my colleagues and, and things like that. I'll pop into, you know, a Pilates class here or there. But for the most part, I do like strength and resistance training when I'm not on the bike, which I think is really honestly a really, really great balance in terms of bone health and strength. So awesome. Okay. And then Alex also uh, had a follow up question of just how has your life changed since you've joined Peloton? Oh, my God. Do you want to <laughs> spend the rest of the interview with that question? <laughs> um, you know what? I have never been so busy and so fulfilled in my entire life. It's so funny because I think a lot of people don't really know what the life of a Peloton instructor looks like. It's so much beyond the bike or the tread or the mat. There's so much that we do, um, but it's with so with such gratitude. It's like you paint a picture for what you want your life to look like and you have a dream. I wouldn't have dreamt this. I would never have dreamt this. I wouldn't have. I didn't know that I could have set my expectation so high, if that makes sense. Every day I wake up and I'm just like, first of all, I'm like, oh, my God, I live in New York. When did that happen? Uh, <laughs> I get here. Uh, but <laughs> aside from just like the, that piece of it being in this beautiful city, it's just like, I can't believe that I'm doing what I want to do. Like, this is what I said I wanted to do. Not 
by any imagination on this level, like this life changing, but I get to do what I want to do. I get to connect with people. I get to inspire people. I get to come into people's homes, like not in a crazy, creepy way, but I get to be in people's (laughs) homes with them um, and teach. Like I always end each class by saying, saying it's my honor and my pleasure to get to sweat with you. It's my honor and my pleasure to serve you on this bike. And I believe a life that is lived in purpose is a life that is led in service. And there's literally no better way that I could think of to be of service than doing this on this platform. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always think that the existence of Peloton and what it's become, when you decided to become a fitness instructor, this wasn't an option, right? It's like kids in the 60s that started a band. Like, <laughs> you didn't know that you could become the Beatles until there was a Beatles, right? Oh, and hey. And like, that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. You created the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Beatles of fitness. You know, it's the, I like that. The Beatles of fitness. I'm going to put that on a shirt. <laughs> it wasn't even like, I, yeah, it's like nothing I could have dreamt. You dream to do what you want to do. You do do your, you know, whatever you feel like your gift is. Hopefully get paid for it. And, you know, but you don't dream. You did this dream didn't exist. I didn't even know to dream totally. for this, you know, and it just. Yeah, it's it's it, kind of like it, when chefs started becoming stars. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. Those people didn't become chefs thinking I'll be famous. Oh, my God. They- absolutely. You're so right. Exactly. It's exactly that. It's like well, Iron it's- Chef. This is Iron Chef. Yeah. Yes, it and, is. And those worlds kind of merge because you know why chefs became stars? Alice Cooper's manager. What? <laughs> yeah. For real. He, he was the guy that was like, chefs should be famous and made it happen. But okay. anyway. I was next. like, we only have her for an I hour, know. so we'll have to tell that story another time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Marianne Howard would like to know. You obviously had your fireside chat at Brooklyn Museum last weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I I wish that I lived in New York City. I was so <laughs> jealous. I could not be there. But how did that come about? And what was it like? And what was your favorite part? Man, it's like, take me back. Full transparency. I am still floating on a cloud. Um, <laughs> it was such an experience. Um, I have the great honor seems like too small of a word to use of sitting down with Common and having a conversation around mental health and wellness. And he was so incredibly transparent and vulnerable. And he just, in his most recent book, he talks a lot about his experience with mental health, just some of the experiences and things that drove him to seek therapy. And I mean, I, I obviously with listening to his music and seeing that work that he's done as an activist and author, I know that he is so full, fully present in who he is. But I would have never imagined that he was as candid and transparent and vulnerable um, as he was. I, I say this, I feel like I left and I could speak for many people. We left feeling like better humans coming out of it, just feeling so much more connected with self. Wow. And I, I, when I say like I'm still on cloud nine from it, it's just like, you know, when you close your eyes and you try to remember all the things that happened because you just want to stay in it and relive it. <laughs> I'm like, it was a week ago now. And I just like, I just like, what? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to hold on to this experience because it was such an incredible experience. It looked really cool. Lots of uh, of our friends posted pictures of it. Like John Mills posted pictures and Love the uh, Calvin. Yes. And Calvin Harris posted pictures and it was it looked really cool. So it, it was I'm, a beautiful event. That's awesome. So uh, our next question, and I hope I'm saying this right, is from Priya Banerjee, fingers crossed, 
And uh, I know you touched on this a little bit, but just curious as to what your diet is like day to day. Yeah, uh, great question. I've been the person that did no sugar, no carbs, no alcohol, no whatever else are bad things, just like all the things, right? And it works. It works. But in terms of like for me, I should state like for me in terms of maintaining it, it just like what I, I love food. I love <laughs> food and it requires a lot of food to get me full so much. So my old boss, she was always like, Tune, are, you, are you sure you don't have tapeworm? Like, why do you, <laughs> why does it take so much to get full? Um, like I'm always a person like on a date, like where the the server brings out the food and they give me, they give the man like the whatever <laughs> and they give me the salad. I'm like, nope, that one's mine. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I just, I think life is all about moderation. Like I at home, in my home, everything in my refrigerator is healthy. Healthy meaning like I pack my refrigerator with greens and fruits and I do Ezekiel bread, uh, brown rice. If you cut me open, cauliflower and my rice might pour out. Um, so I have healthy things at home. When I am out, A, I'll drink, try to drink water before I go out, like drink more water just so that I'm not as hungry. Like I try to not like go out starving, but again, it depends on the occasion. Like if the purpose of what we're doing is to like gorge and eat as much as we can, it's different. Um, <laughs> I, I, I try to eat really, really good things first and then whatever room is left, like if I'm going out to eat with the room that's left, I'll eat like whatever else it was. So I'll say my, my thing is, I joke a lot because Kendall, that girl, God bless Kendall. Kendall and I are very close. Kendall is like, she has my dream. Like, you know, when you always have the friend that orders the best thing on the menu, the thing that you wanted to get, but you just <laughs> know you shouldn't. Kendall always orders like that thing that I wanted. Now, here's the difference between Kendall and I. I finish my food and then my friend's food. So I tend to get healthier things because I know I eat a lot. Whereas Kendall would order like a pasta. And then have like five or six bites of it and just be like, oh my God, I'm so stuffed. So that's, that's where she <laughs> I'm like, I, and I might be full, but I paid for it. Or I'm like, I'm not full until the plate is clean and, and until I clean your plate as well. So I will try to, it's moderation. That's my answer. Moderation, <laughs> moderation, moderation. I, I just have to point this out. You, I, you, I, you know that they have uh, multiple things that are on the menu, right? There's not just one of each back there. <laughs> like you could both order it. <laughs> oh, the same thing? Yeah. Oh, well, I like I lie to myself and I'm like, oh, I'll get the, you know, burger lettuce wrap and then she'll get like the pasta and then I eat my burger lettuce wrap and then I finish her leftover pasta. So <laughs> I go in with an expectation and then I, you know, I end up I will say for someone who is like, you know, how do I go out and, you know, go to, out to eat and stick to, you know, my plan? What did help me in the process of, you know, when I was looking to cut back? I would look at the menu before I got to the restaurant and it helps tremendously. So I think once you get to the restaurant and you're hungry, like they always say, don't go shopping, don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry because you'll come out with all the things you didn't plan to get. I used to look at the menu a lot before I got to the restaurant. That way, whatever I was going to get was set, didn't open it. I was going to stick to that plan. And then, you know, that helped a lot. That's good advice. I really like the don't open the menu yeah. after you already decided. And she and you kind of glossed over it, but I thought it was really good advice about when you said that you, you fill up on good stuff and then you kind of top off on junk <laughs> instead, of, instead of the other way around. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, so what do you do with the bread basket? That's the real question. Are you a bread junkie? Because I'm a bread junkie. The bread basket doesn't do it for me. It's the oh. people 
when they walk around with that dessert tray and then like, you know, the dessert tray, that is the <laughs> kryptonite. The bread thing, fine. You, I take it or leave it. I think that's my problem. They both do me in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then on the way home, she's like, let's stop for ice cream. <laughs> speaking my language he's like i already tanked the day <laughs> exactly <laughs> favorite ice cream oh uh, we have we have a frozen custard chain here called andy's and they have a couple of like concretes that i love one of which is called triple chocolate mm. and it has chocolate ice cream and hot fudge and brownie chunks in it like it is amazing mm, okay well if you come for homecoming you and i the three of us we are going out for ice cream okay okay <laughs> we will be this there is, you're my favorite instructor ever <laughs> the other ones are always like tom you need to exercise and you're like let's F go that. let's cream. go get ice cream let's go. i mean yes you need to exercise but like i said special you know, homecoming is a special thing like let's go and have some ice cream i will i promise you i will kick our butts in a 45 minute class and then we'll go Okay, that's a fair that's a fair exchange. So Tom, you will exercise to have the ice cream. No, I'll be looking I'll be taking her other advice. I'll be looking at the menu for the ice cream place <laughs> so I can make my decision before I get there. There you go, see? It's sticking. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so next up from Lena Bruce Tangoy, she would like to know what hobbies you participate in during your spare time. Okay, I have no spare time, but if I did, when, <laughs> um, no, you know what? I am a future author. I say that with confidence because one day I will write a book. I'm putting that out there. With that being said, I really love reading. And I was always embarrassed to say this, but I love reading self-help books. I think they should be called like self-empowerment books because it's like help is like such a negative connotation, but it I love self-help books. So I like to do that because I feel like it puts me in a better space. I love dancing, particularly salsa dancing. Love, 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 love. I am known for holding it down on the dance floor at our company parties, which are, <laughs> by the way. Um, so yeah, um, what else do I like to do? I like to, I like to enjoy some wine with my girlfriends. How about that? <laughs> that's that's, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. It makes sense that you would like self-help books, but now I'm wondering about my own love of true crime. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, what do I have going on in there? What, what, what are uh, some of your favorite self-help books that you've liked the most? Oh, Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. You know, I've never read one of her oh, books, but I see her Ma, quotes. You haven't lived. <laughs> I have seen some of her quotes, and they are good. You, they are really good. You, that is the top of my list. Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. She also has a book on shame, which is phenomenal. Eckhart Tolle, uh, New Earth is fantastic. I just read Common's book, actually, Let Love Have the Last Word, which is not necessarily a self-help book. It's more of a memoir on love. But I think he's just so deep that it kind of comes across like a little self-helpy. You feel better after, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. those, yeah. are, those are some good ones on top of my list right now. Okay. Awesome. Those are great. Thank yeah. you for the recommendations. Gina Mitchell has kind of a two-part question. How did you first become aware of Peloton? Like how or when? And how did you end up at Peloton? I mean, I feel like at this point, you have to be living literally under a rock to not know what Peloton is, whether you've done it, tried it or not, because it's just so everywhere, right? Um, Definitely. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. This is a guess. I'm sure I probably saw a commercial, I'm sure. I remember when I first heard about the idea of there was this bike 
and then you worked out at home. I thought it was more, I didn't understand the idea that it was live. I thought you were just like, just kind of like you see Billy Blanks has a, a Tybo video, but you take the same Tybo, one of five tapes every day. I thought oh. that like rinse, watch and repeat, take the same class. And then um, as the company grew, I began to understand it from more so for what it was. I was actually here in New York on a business trip and I took like still not necessarily completely understanding what Peloton was. I took Robin's class a few years ago. <laughs> I didn't know what I was in for that. <laughs> I heard that woman, I, I left there just like take the class aspect out of it, which it was an incredible class. Take that out. I like was so consumed with how unapologetically herself she was like what yeah. I took most from the class. And again, it was a great workout, but what my biggest takeaway was like, damn, this girl is ex- just who she is. She is exactly yep. who she wants to be and doesn't say sorry for it. Um, yes. so she just like really caught my eye and, and, you know, I left there doing like research about this company. What is it? Found out about her incredible story and just got really inspired from there. And so did that just naturally bring you to Peloton then to work there? I mean, no, it was a little bit like, like I said before, it was not even so fast forward. I've now started working out, started realizing that I love working out, started saying, okay, I have interest in teaching and giving back. But I would have at this point, even when I started like teaching in the world of cycling and teaching cycling, this was just like too big of something to dream for. Like, okay, somebody says, I want to be a singer. And then you say, oh, it's like your friend saying, I want to be Beyonce. Like, okay, girlfriend, right. like, let's start with some singing lessons and <laughs> then we'll go from there. So like, that's what Peloton was for me. It was just like something that <laughs> just doesn't happen to people. I mean, there's what, <laughs> I can't even think of how many of us there are now with the expansion of UK. I think there's 31 instructors total, but it's like, you know, who dreams for that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's my answer. Did I see myself doing this? No, but did people see themselves like landing on the moon either? No. No. Did Obama know he was going to be president? No. So, uh, Corrine uh, Hernandez wants to know where you grew up and if you have any siblings and are they also into fitness? Ha ha ha. Good question. Um, (laughs) My brothers would like to say, well, one of them specifically, he's so funny. He was. My brothers were like star athletes growing up. Like I was always Tony and Tosin's little sister. Like my brothers were a bit older than me. And, you know, when you have a sibling that's in sports and then the next generation comes in, like when they left high school, I came in and all the coaches were super excited. They're like, oh my God, another Oyene. And I was like, nope, I'm in choir. Like can't, don't have a coordination (laughs) to save my life. Um, I was just like such a disappointment to all the coaches in that, in that aspect. But no, I have two brothers. i Three brothers. One of them passed away at a very young age. He was 19. Um, but my two brothers that are living, they, uh, one of them actually, he just lost over a hundred and something pounds, um, wow. part of due to the Peloton. Yep. Yep. So he, he's just found his way back into fitness. I said he was a, a football athlete in high school, but he's found his way back. And then the other brother, he does what he does. He does what he wants to do. Like, <laughs> like I said earlier, you like when you're taking weight out of it, taking weight loss outside of it, like when you want to be active, you have to choose to do it. Nobody can tell you. And he keeps saying, he's like, I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. Um, I'm like, bro, just take my class and support. Take what my class one time. So when he does finally take my class, I'll be sure to give you guys an update and let you know. But aside from that, no, they're not in fitness aside from my oldest brother, what he does on a daily basis. 
So does your brother who lost the weight with Peloton, does he take your classes or somebody else's? You better believe it. And I actually have access to his app. So I do see like uh, <laughs> when I was on vacation, he took uh, other people's classes. And I just I don't know why it brings me so much joy. It just like makes me so happy. I'm like, who'd you take? And why'd you take that specific class? And he did not take my classes at first because he thought that it was too hard. And then I explained to him, like, I'm like, I'm not going to actually come through the bike. The cadence and resistance numbers I call are a guide. <laughs> I say that in every class, season and taste. So it was just really, I mean, this, it was funny to like hear that and get that feedback. Cause I'm like, you're my brother. Uh, but yeah, so now he actually, I, my phone actually alerts me when he takes a ride. So after he takes a ride, I just, I don't know. It just, it gives me so much joy. I just feel so connected. I mean, he lives in Texas. I'm here in New York. And to know that like, we're still connected on a daily basis is really exciting. My niece and nephews think that I am, I mean, the equivalent of like a Rihanna or Miley Cyrus, or they just think that I'm so cool. They, usually, <laughs> they sometimes they just turn the bike on. And this is like not a joke. They turn the bike on just to listen to me talk. They're not watching the screen, they're playing, but they'll just have anti-tune on in the background. And that, I don't know why it makes me so happy, but I just think it's so cool. It uh, is cool. So it is. Cool. It really is. It really is. I have friends text me all the time and they say, oh, my boss or my so-and-so took your class. And I'm like, oh, were they in, They were there? And they're like, no, they live in Michigan. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, that's right. Okay. People don't. People don't <laughs> home. I forget. I forget. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Uh, <laughs> Diane, Diane Garrison Juan would like to know who or what inspires you? My mother. My mother is no longer with us, but every single thing that I do every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, I do in her honor. Everything I do, I do for that woman. My mom. Oh, Aw. Well, that's sweet. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Brian Albright would like to know where you picked up your love of music and especially just all the different types of music you're into. So funny you say that. Like, I feel like the Peloton world is still trying to figure me out a bit musically. Um, <laughs> I have such an eclectic taste for music. So I was born in Texas. So Texas is a lot of like Southern hip hop. Then you've got the country aspect of it, which I actually played my first country song last week. I played Dixie Chicks. Um, oh. I play a lot of country. Just I'll listen to country just like hanging out like at a bar or something. But in my classes, I don't tend to play very much country. Um, but I just think there's like from Southern to Eastern to West, like there's just like a difference within like the pop world, the hip hop world. Class, I was exposed to classic rock a lot in Texas. And then you've got East Coast, or sorry, West Coast, which exposed me to like more EDM sounds and things like that. And then, you know, the East Coast is the East Coast. It's so all encompassing. I, I like sound. I like drums. <laughs> I like music that emotes feeling and emotion. And so whether that is pop or rock or EDM or hip hop, like take the label away. I'm more concerned about the way that it makes me feel. And when I'm programming my classes, I, I think it probably comes from stems from my experience as a makeup artist being so detailed, having such an eye for like the small fine print that when I create my classes, I look rather than just looking for a genre, unless it's like a specific, you know, this is a, I don't know, 90s pop ride, right? If it's not, and, and honestly, truly with whether it is musically driven or not, I look for songs that will push you through whatever it is, or I look for music that will build you to get through whatever specific push it is that we're doing. Sometimes, even if it's a recovery, I'll choose a recovery track that has adrenaline to it to amp you up for the thing that's about to come. 
Or perhaps I know there's a specific story that I want to tell with my low impact rides. I tend to get, I told you I like self-help books. So with my <laughs> low impact ride, that, that side of tune day comes out a little bit more. The, the side of tune day that wants to write and to encourage people through words that lends itself to like a little bit more storytelling just because it's not as intense. So in those rides, I'll specifically program music that requires you to feel. So again, I take the genre out of it and I just look for a feeling. Wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Melissa Monroe Naughton would like you to tell us about your experience on Deal or No Deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Deal or No Deal. It's such a long story. In a nutshell, I was working at a makeup counter. This is years ago, 2007 or eight. I know they showed an air to 2009. It was a very long audition process, but Funny thing, I never like auditioned to be, I shouldn't say audition process, very long, just like waiting for your turn to actually go on the show. I did never audition for the show. They actually found me. I was at a makeup counter. I was very, I just tend to have a lot of energy so naturally. Um, <laughs> you don't say. Notice that. <laughs> I just, so how was, that's how I've always been. But I was just, you know, and just energetic that day, maybe particularly energy, energetic. And the, there was a girl I was helping find a concealer and she said, you have a lot of energy and just told her about how I loved my job so much. And I just started working for the company I was working for at the time. And she's super excited. And mind you, rewind, I just moved to LA and my mother told me to be careful because people were going to promise me things to try to get things out of me. I was 21, yeah. I think at the time. And she was just, you know, being a very protective and cautious mother as she should have been. Yeah. And so Long story short, these people tell me that it's two people. They say that we are from Deal or No Deal. We would love for it to have you come in and, you know, shoot a tape and potentially be on the show. And so at first we're thinking, me and my girlfriends at the counter, we're thinking that they want me to be one of the suitcase models. And then they're like, no, no, no. We would like for you to come and try to win a lot of money. And we just, of course, all flipped out. And so I wrote down my number because I'm thinking about what my mother said. My mother said, don't trust these people. So I write down a fake number. Third oh. later, these people are still at the counter and they're still talking to us. And my gut says, you can trust these people. So I said, you know what? Can I see that again? I think I want to make sure my handwriting was legible. <laughs> so Smart. I switched out the fake number and then write my real number. Um, oh. And then long story short, I went on the show. I won a car and a lot of money. Fun wow. fact, it was wow. actually the second car that I'd won in my life. I won a Ford on the show, a Ford <laughs> Flex. And a couple of years before that, I'd actually won in high school a Ford Focus. So wait, wait, wait. How did you win the car? How did you win the car in high school? They basically do this thing in, I'm sure they do it everywhere, but in Texas, they did this thing. I can't remember what it's called, but basically they bring all the kids together so that people don't go off and like do drugs and drink basically at the, yeah. uh, the end of graduation on graduation the, day. Uh, like a lock-in. We call yeah, it a lock-in. Yeah, lock it was called, yeah, like a lock-in. So between four schools, They'll do like a raffle and one person from the that, that ISD, from that school district, wins a car every year. And so they did a lottery. I won to represent my school. And then there were four of us there from all the other schools in the district. And then it was like a kind of like a gambling game. So you had to pull a number. The number that you pulled would designate which order you would go in to pull a key. Whoever's key opened, turned the car on would win. Oh, I was the last person to pull a number, but I happened to pull number one. And so I go in, I turn the key, the car starts. And like, we, I was just like, 
I mean, you can imagine winning a car. It was just like the yeah. the, the most wow, you know, experience. And oh my gosh! Later, and then it happens again, and it was just like when I won the car on Deal or No Deal. Howie was like, "Have you ever bought a car in your life?" <laughs> so really crazy. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> uh, Monica Lane would like to know your favorite brand of makeup that holds up during rides. Number one, it's so difficult to say a favorite to choose a favorite brand. It kind of depends on like my writing or going out, whatnot. To me, it's more so about just like each individual's lifestyle, their type of skin they have, and the way they want their skin to look. So I obviously have a very active life style. I have oily skin, and I want my makeup to look natural, but I want it uh, to wear all day. So I typically tend to choose products that are oil-free, long-wearing, waterproof. On the bike, I tend to go with things that are more matte finish in terms of foundation, just because before I get through my intro, I'm I'm sweating bullets. So <laughs> I'm up there talking and I start sweating. So <laughs> I hope it's nerves or what part of it is, but I, I tend to sweat a lot. <laughs> Sean Tinling wants to know if uh, you've met Al Roker since apparently he talks about you quite a bit on the show. Uh, uncle Al. No, uh, I wish he was my uncle. No, we've never met. He's just incredible. I know that he just had uh, hip surgery or hip replacement surgery. And so he's back in the saddle, pun intended. And he's been taking a lot of my low impact rides, which has been incredible. I think a couple of weeks ago, he two or three weeks ago, he actually rode with us live. So it was really cool. He posted about it afterwards and then talked about it on the show. And I am, I can speak on behalf of Peloton by saying like, which is really great to have him as part of the Peloton community and how cool to be able to say like, we all just rode with Al Roker. So it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so who mentored you in your life that helped you develop such confidence and pride in yourself? And that is from Christine Hanna. Great question, Christine. I would say my mother and then my best friends. And confidence to me is not, not something that you have and then you just have. Like it's in and out and comes in waves. I would say there are days that I'm confident and days that I'm less confident. But to get even more granular than that, it's like, there are moments that I'm confident and then I will fall out of the confidence and then I pick up the phone and I call one of my best friends who my best friends are like family and they have to like chalk me back into it. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Yes, 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 yes. Like, you know, I called my best friend before I went into that interview with Common and I FaceTimed her and she picks up the phone. She knew exactly why I was calling. I don't even have to say hello. She knew what was about to happen and she knew I was calling for a pep talk and she just... <laughs> You know, when the, you have those friends who build you up and just say everything that you needed to hear. I think it's just so important to surround yourself with people like that. I've always like whether I was three or now 34, I've always just been blessed with really good people around me. And I always say a true best friend is somebody that says we like, when do we interview? Oh, we got the job. Like when your win, <laughs> they take as their win and their win is your win. Your loss is their loss, vice versa. Like to me, that is those are the type of people to have around you because those are the people that are always going to root for you to win, but also like be the first people to put you in check and tell you when you're wrong and then tell you how to make it right. And then, you know, to put that little boost of confidence in you when they find you slipping. So my aunt, the answer to the question is having really good people around me, my best friends, and then knowing like it's not always that way. Like I would hate to put out that image or that expectation that I'm always confident. I am a very confident person. But it comes and then it pops out and then I have to like pick it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Todd Kowalski would like to know what is the biggest challenge you overcame as a kid and or adult? Oh, that one's thick. Um, so I struggled with my weight a lot when I was younger. 
I didn't have a lot of people that looked like me growing up. Like I went to a predominantly white school. I was the darkest person at my school. Just hadn't seen people that looked like me. I will never forget. I was actually watching TV one day. And so I, you know, just had this complex of why do I look so different from everyone? And the funny side of that now is I, that's actually why I'm so confident. It's where I feel like my beauty stems from. I think I am beautiful because my skin is dark versus when I was younger, I didn't think I was beautiful because my skin was dark. I actually watched Naomi Campbell in an interview and it was my first time seeing her on TV. I think she was like on 2020 with Diane Sawyer or something. I don't know. It's like the nineties. I see her come on TV <laughs> and I looked at my mom who my mother had very light skin. My father was very dark. That's why I would say I landed somewhere in the middle, but still much closer to my dad's side. But, uh, saw Naomi Campbell come on the screen and I looked at my mom and I said, wow, she's beautiful. <laughs> and my mom said, yeah, she is beautiful. And I said, well, do you think if she's beautiful, it's possible that I could be beautiful too? And Aww. I just, I remember that moment because I remember seeing the look at my mom's eyes. I think it was the first time she realized like, wow, this is really a complex for this girl. So she like really made it a point. Like if somebody complimented me and said that I was beautiful, she would like, ing she ingrained in me. They think you're beautiful because your skin is dark. Like this person, when they're complimenting your skin, your skin shines, your skin shines because you are so dark. And so, yeah, that was a really big thing that I, I went through. And, uh, you know, and when I see young people struggling with things that are similar, whether it's red hair or having freckles or being pale or also being dark, it's like, you know, I just wish I could like get inside of their heads and just say like, this is why you are you. This is what make you so, makes you so unique. I think when you're younger, all you want to do is fit in and the things that separate you are the things that you try to you know, hide from. And then as you become older, those are the things that you embrace because they do make you who you are. So I love that. Yeah. And I can't imagine as beautiful as you are that you ever questioned that because you are gorgeous. Thank you so much. Thank you. I knew I was beautiful at home and then I left <laughs> the home and then I didn't know. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't see anybody like me. I didn't hear it. I just it didn't. I, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, you're saying that because you have to say that because you're my parent. Sure. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Kids are always dismissive of what their parents think. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And rightfully so. No. Yeah. Children. <laughs> Children. What is kind of the job, right? Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. so I guess on the heels of that, uh, Sally Hilger would like to know what life lesson has taken you the longest to learn. Uh, to be patient with myself, to be forgiving with myself. I've always held myself at such a high expectation in everything, like whatever it is that I was doing, like whether it was like competing in a choir, like a music contest, like whatever. I've always been had a high expectation for what I wanted to do and being patient with myself, being forgiving with myself, like I would be patient with a friend, like I would forgive a friend has took me time to kind of to settle into. And I feel like I'm I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like more comfortable in that, like more leaning in that it's. I think even like in the, the job that I do, when you're in front of thousands of humans at any given point of time, it's very easy to walk away from a situation or a scenario and be very critical of yourself. So it's just about like, just like knowing like you're, there's no such thing as perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. And the only thing that I can do is put my best foot forward. And if I mess up or make a mistake in life or in work or in things, I, the only thing I can do is the next time that same opportunity presents itself is to do better and to not beat myself up for what was. Wonderful advice. Abs yes, absolutely. So we're uh, almost at the end of our hour, so we don't want to go over and take up too much of your time. So we'll end with one last question. This is from Brittany Jewell, and she just asked, what's your best training advice? Ah, I love this question. 
my best trading advice is do something that you love to do. You can do anything for X amount of time or X amount of days. But if it's something, training is something that you want to do consistently and you're doing it for the long haul, you have to enjoy doing it. Because if you're setting this expectation of, oh, I want to get stronger or, oh, I want to lose weight. Once that happens, once you hit the goal, then there's nothing that commits you to then continuing to do it. But if it's something that you actually love doing, then you show up for it because you have the love and the passion for that something, that sport. Maybe it's the fact that you get to do it with a group of people and you love that bonding from doing it with a group of friends. Maybe, you, you know, you like, you could like doing it for so many different reasons, but you got to find something you like to do. Again, I promise you, I'm not plugging Peloton, but that's what I love so much about what we offer at Peloton is that there's so many different modalities. So whether you like cycling, running, strength training, boot camp, yoga, like you, everyone can come and everyone's invited to the party. So if you don't like cycling, don't force yourself to fall in love with it. Like find something that you love to do. Try running. If you love to do it, you will continue to come back for it for the love of it. And that love of it will keep you doing it hopefully forever. That's so true. I've never felt that way at exercise before Peloton. And I've been doing it for three years now. And I love it. Right. I mean, we, yeah, we've all done that. We've all been in that class or something because you had a friend that said, hey, it worked for them. And then you're doing it. But like you dread driving there. You dread. <laughs> oh but like and then there's like this point where you find something that you love to do and you're mad. You're like pissed that you didn't get to do it. Like <laughs> you're trying to leave work early. You're calling in sick. Like yes. you your girlfriends that you're going to be late to dinner because you really want to do that thing. Find that thing and then hold on to it. It's great advice. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. We really appreciate it. Yes, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you both so much. It was my absolute honor and pleasure, honestly, to to sit here with you guys and have this conversation. I'm really, really happy that you guys uh, wanted to sit down and chat. So thank you. And you'll have to come back when your book is out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll to have to get it. ice cream before then. But yes, we'll yes. we'll sit down and we'll we'll do a book chat. Hopefully here Hang on. soon. I think I got to figure it out. Write a book about ice cream. <laughs> Okay. It would be like two pages. It would just be a picture of me surrounded by ice cream. Like just my face. I think that's a great cover of a book. It sounds like saying. a dream, honestly. <laughs> but we are going to take you up on the ice cream date at homecoming. Absolutely. Just so you know. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you have a great weekend. Thank you again for doing this. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Have a great weekend. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Well, I guess that brings this episode to a close. Uh, what to pray tell do you have in store for people next week? Okay, we have a very, very special guest, uh, Panos Papa Diamantis. I hope that I said that correctly. And he works for a company called Panoe, and it's spelled P-N-O-E. Now, for those of you who are interested in heart rate training in particular, you are going to want to tune in. Or for any of you who are interested in VO2 max tests, you need to tune in. This is an amazing technology. I don't usually like bringing in people who have nothing to do with Peloton. This is probably the only exception that I would make. This person does not ride a Peloton. However, you're going to want to listen because what he does can change the way you calculate your exercise and your caloric intake to get the results you want. If training is your goal, if increasing output is your goal, along with reducing the fat that you have, reducing your weight in a healthy manner, this is something you're going to want to hear. It's very, very cool. 
So taking the entire VO2 max capability, that test, and like completely minimizing it to the point that a home user can do it is very exciting stuff. I'm really pumped to tell you guys about it. Interesting. So uh, that's what people have to look forward to. Until then, where can they find you? People can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D. O'Keefe. They can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, on the bike, and of course the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. You can get all of the articles and videos and things we talked about in this episode delivered directly to your email box by signing up for the newsletter at theclipout.com. And of course, be sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running. 